welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. You know, we, we live in a world today that there is just a lot of confusion going on. The devil is using confusion in so many ways, and he is really selling out really big because so many Christians, unfortunately, are falling to the prey. They are falling prey to the devil. If we can take a sample or make a survey, like say 50 years back uh, of Christianity, 50 years ago, I think if we talk about Christianity in America, that would be really, really different thing. I remember 50 years ago, we, you can talk about great preachers like Billy Graham. You can talk about great preachers like, like Dio Moody. You can talk about all those great, great uh, preachers that God was actually using. Now, if you come in our world today, you look at the world, what it is today, as compared to what used to be 50 years ago, you realize that there is a big change. I used to read and watch TV on Tent Revival in America. Tent Revival used to be very huge. Because during Tent Revival, sometimes it would go for one, for days, and even for weeks. Because people were never tired. They would just sit, they, they, they would sit there, they would come for the, the, the camping ground, and they would be very uh, uh, passionate to hear about the Jesus, the words about Jesus. They were very passionate to hear about the gospel, and they would invest all their time and they will live blessed. But today is a different story. Because today, the devil is capitalizing more on social media and other things and, and brings this, cause people to, to fall apart. This evening, I shall be sharing with you from the book of Mark chapter 8, 27 to 30. I know somebody, if you take a quick glance and look at those four verses in that passage, you're like, what can somebody preach from that? What, what can somebody preach from that passage? I mean, it's just, Jesus asking just some few questions to his disciples. What do Paul say I am? And later he asks his disciples, but you, what do you say I am? You know, you look at that with a, a quick glance on that few verses, you'll think like there is nothing that one can really learn. But I believe that there is something that we can learn from that passage this evening. Amen? There is something we can learn from that passage. And the topic is, but you, who do you say that I am? But you, who do you say that I am? Some Bibles have this capture that Peter's confession about the Messiah. But I use this question that Jesus asked his disciples, which of course he actually can ask us today. That, but you, who do you say that I am? If we were to sample people's opinion here about Jesus Christ, who do you think Jesus is? I think we will have some contradictory answer, contradictory response. We will talk about Jesus Christ based on their own understanding. So this is how it goes. Well, Jesus Christ in the city of Bethsaida has just healed a blind man. So he went into Bethsaida and there was this guy who was blind and they begged him to heal this young man. And Jesus, what he did is he took that guy by the hand and took him out of that place. And then I went now, just he spatted on the floor, spatted and, and put on that guy's eyes. And asked guy, can you see? The first time this guy said, yes, I can see people, but they are like trees. And Jesus Christ did it again second time and asked this guy, can you see? And this guy said, yes, I can now see. 
Then Jesus, what he did, he warned that guy, gave him an instruction. He said, I want you to go home. I don't want you to, don't go back to that city. Don't go back to the village. Live from right here and go home. And uh, Jesus now and his disciples now, they were on their way to, uh, 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 after Jesus has healed this guy, he sent him home and instructed him not to go back to that city or to that village. So now Jesus Christ and his disciples, they set now to go to, on their way, they were on their way on the journey to uh, 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 Caesarea, uh, Philippi. Now, this Caesarea Philippi was, it was about 25 miles north of Bethsaida in the foothills of Mount Hermon. Now, on their way, Jesus turned and asked his disciples this question. I don't think that Jesus' disciples, they, they were expecting that Jesus was going to ask them this question. Jesus turned now and asked them. He says that, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? If we were to narrow this a little bit, like a parent, a father or mother, take your children on a trip, and then along the way you ask your children, say, who do you think people will say that I am? It's kind of, that's kind of a question. Just came out of a place. The disciples, they were not expecting that kind of question from Jesus Christ. Well, and... Uh, as we look inside, the, when Jesus asks this question, who do people say that I am? Um, let me take us back a little bit out of uh, chapter 8, verse 27 of this mark. If we were to go back a little bit, you will see that now as we look back in the previous chapters, we want to remind ourselves that Jesus had performed, Jesus has performed several miracles prior to this, prior to being and taking his plan to healing this young man in Bethsaida, Jesus Christ had performed several miracles. And we see that uh, he, we can see what he did, opening the eyes of a deaf man who, on his way to uh, the Sea of Philippi, this you can see in chapter 7, verse 34. Then Jesus also, he fed the 4,000. If we look at the first eight verses of this uh, chapter, uh, chapter 8. And then, of course, healing of this blind man in Bethsaida of, of verse 22. Now, you can already tell that Jesus, having done all this thing, he became popular. Jesus was becoming popular. He was becoming popular for the things that he was doing. Then when we go to verse 28, verse 28 now, the disciples, this is the response of what the disciples, they answered. They answered him. The people, they said, John the Baptist. Others says Elijah, yet others one of the prophets. So, you will, looking at this passage, you will think that, well, these people actually, they did not know Jesus Christ. But from what they have seen that Jesus Christ has been doing, there is a correlation between the works of Jesus Christ and the works of the prophets and the works of Elijah. These people actually, from when we, looking at their answer here, there are two things that stand out to me. From this response, there are two things that is very evident, that stand out to me very clear. That one, these people had witnessed, they had witnessed or heard about the works of John the Baptist, Elijah, and one of the prophets. And secondly, they noticed there was a great similarities in the works of Jesus and the people that they mentioned. So, it is not out of question that they will say that Jesus, uh, they were looking at Jesus and thinking that he was Elijah. It is not out of place for them to think that he was one of the prophets. 
Because what just actually they have seen Jesus done, they also witnessed other disciples. This prophet, the people they say Jesus was, the, the prophets and Elijah and all those names that they mentioned, they also saw them doing the same things that Jesus Christ was doing. So therefore, there was a correlation between what Jesus actually was doing and the things that they had seen or heard happen. So that is why they say that they give Jesus all this name. Now, in this, you as a Christian, I want to challenge us here. You as a Christian, what is it that somebody can refer you with? How do people look at you in the society? How do they refer you? What reference can they give about you? I know we are not Jesus Christ, but we are his followers. And we ought to live as the world tells us. We ought to live as Christians. Meaning that our ways has to be different. Our actions have to be different. The people that we relate with also has to be different. So that when somebody asks that, who is this man? Who is this man right here? You are not relating to the man because of, uh, you are relating to him because of what you see him doing. That I think that man, that he is a Christian. I see he or she is a Christian because this is what they have been doing. And that is why you see these people, and these people, when they, when, they, when they gave that response, they said, they were thinking that Jesus was either Elijah. They were taking Jesus to be one of the prophets because the same thing that the prophets were doing, it actually conformed to the things that Jesus actually was doing. The challenge is that the things that me and you would do in our day-to-day -day activities, they, do they resemble Christ? Can somebody look at your works and say that this man might be a Christian? That this brother might be a Christian? Or this sister might be a Christian? Then let's move forward. Let's move forward. So, in verse 29, Jesus asks his disciples an emphatic question that calls for a deeper answer. Now, after Jesus has asked them this question, who do people say that I am? And they gave all this answer, and they were moving. And Jesus turned around again and asked them, But you, but you, but you, who do you say that I am? If we were to ask each and every one of us right here, right now, you take it personal. If somebody were to ask you, who do you think Jesus Christ is, what would be your answer? This is a relational question. Because you can't ask somebody knowledge about another person if you don't know that person, right? You must either know that person. And knowing somebody means that you, there are certain things about, certain attributes about that person. There are certain characters about that person that you know a little bit about. And you're able to give that answer. But the challenge about us, Chris, today, which I, I want to give pass to all of us here, who do you say Jesus Christ is? In effect, Jesus Christ was acting, was acting, was asking about uh, their belief about him. Jesus was acting about, asking about their belief about Jesus Christ. It's like asking, do you believe in me? Do you know me that much? Do you know me that well? Do you believe in me? Do you follow me because you see that I, 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 I heal the sick, I cause the blinds to see, I feed the thousands out there? Do you follow me because of that or do you really know me well? Do we know Jesus Christ? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Who is Jesus Christ to you? We can frame that question in that way. 
You know, people often talk about the time of their life, how they have been to church, they have gone to church, they grew up in church, and their father was a preacher, their grandmother was this, and Dickinson, and all those things. But the question comes down to you as an individual. Do you know Jesus Christ? See, we have our churches today flooded with people who don't know anything about Jesus Christ. That is the truth. It is painful, but that is the truth. Because if our churches, if everybody actually who came to church knew about Jesus Christ, then you know what? Our character would change. Our attitude would change. Our decisions in life would change. The things that we do in life will change. But do you know Jesus Christ? If you know Jesus Christ, why is it that you have been coming to church all the time and all the time and your life has not changed? The things that you used to do 50 years ago, you are still doing it now. And maybe you still do it tomorrow. Paul tells the Christians in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, this is what Paul says. If someone is Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He is a new creature. All things have passed and behold, all things have become new. So if you know Jesus Christ, anybody who really knows Jesus Christ, honestly, that person, your life will be changed. Amen? If you really know Jesus Christ, then your life will not remain the same. Yeah, it is true that Spiritual changes and spiritual growth does not just happen catastrophically. It doesn't happen like sudden. But there is a process. But anybody sees you, he knows that you are moving towards the rightful path. Everybody sees you, knows that you are growing to that path of sanctification whereby you are getting better and better and better and better. Do you know Jesus Christ? Who do you say Jesus Christ is to you? So Jesus Christ actually was acting the disciples about the state of their own belief. The state of their own belief. In a flash of revelation, Peter replied, that is verse 29. Peter replied, you are the Messiah. We see, Jesus of Nazareth was indeed the Christ, the long-awaited Messiah, but his people were expecting a political leader. So Peter actually did not answer this because he, 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 he knew a lot. But Peter, actually, the Bible says that Peter, there was a revelation to Peter as he answered that you are the Messiah. And when I was preparing this message, I asked myself, sometimes we, we do some funny things. And if somebody were to come and, and ask you that, who is Jesus Christ to you? You know, they will really take us by surprise. Who is Jesus Christ to you? Jesus Christ to you and me should not be something that when a question comes, you will doubt. When the disciples were responding to Jesus Christ in the first question, who do they say that I am? They did not give any specifics of which individuals say what. And they did not even mention that Jesus Christ was the Christ. Well, that was the crowd. But we are talking here of people that have been working with Jesus Christ for years. They have been going with him to places. He has been teaching them. Here we see that only Peter was very quick at that response. My brothers and sisters, this evening, the purpose of this message is that if you are in church, if you are a church grower, if you call yourself a Christian and you don't know Jesus Christ, this is the opportunity to know about Jesus Christ. 
Because we have so many church folks who just come to church. They don't know anything about Jesus Christ. Well, they might, they might have heard some stories told as the, the Christmas story has always been told about Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ. But when you know somebody, then you have a relationship with that somebody no detail about the person. And that is what it takes to know Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus Christ, then the first thing you have to know is that you first identify that you are a sinner. Then secondly, that God sent him to come and die for you, a price that you could not pay. You committed sin, a price that you could not pay. If you were to die in that state of sin, then you would go to hell. But God sent Jesus Christ that you will not go to hell so that he will come and pay the price, a price that he did not commit. He paid it for you. And then secondly, you confess, say, Lord, I recognize myself as a sinner. Forgive me. And then you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and be your Lord and your Savior. That is what it means by knowing Jesus Christ. And from there on, you look for a, for a church. Start going to church and then take your Bible and study. And then pray that God should direct your path as you grow and to know him even better. That is what it means to know Jesus Christ. Knowing Jesus does not mean that you come to church and every day just to fill the, the old. You know, so many people come to church because they feel that this is just, they're coming to socialize. No, it's just a place to go and pass time. Oh, it's just a place to go and hang around. No, it's a place that I grew up, I saw my parents, they were going there, so it's just kind of like a family tradition. No, that is not what a church is. A church is a place where believers come and sit and fellowship together. But thank God for those who are not believers, who also come to church because we believe that God is going to arrest them one day. Amen? I want to end this message this way. There are four things that I will mention here. I'll bring out four things that the Bible talks about Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ is, how the Bible answers it. But these four actually does not exhaust the list. It is, if we were to talk about who Jesus Christ is here, then we'll not have time, even the next 10 years, because he is just more than what we think that he is. The first thing that the Bible tells us who Jesus Christ is, we see that in John chapter 14, verse 6. The one and only way to God. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is Jesus Christ. That is who Jesus Christ is. He is the one and only way to God. No one else. I shared a testimony sometimes, or a story sometimes, that we visited, we were, we were members in one church many years ago. And unfortunately, the pastor of that church in our Bible study class, he said to him, he does not believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to go to heaven. But what does John 46 says? It says that Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father except by me. So therefore, if you are coming to church, you feel that you go to heaven because your father comes to church, you are wrong. If you feel that it's a family, if you think that it's a family tradition, that you go to heaven because your, your family has been going to that church from the day of inception, you are wrong. If you feel that because you give money to church and you do all this charity and you do all those church work, that makes you to go to heaven, you are wrong. If you think because of your fame and because of, you are wrong. Listen, Jesus Christ is the only way, the one and only way. Amen. So in order to know Jesus Christ, the first thing is, the things that I said, identify yourself as a sinner. 
Because he is the only way. There is no way that we can make heaven without Jesus Christ, without passing through Jesus Christ. He is the only way. Then the second thing, as the Bible said, in Mark chapter 2 verse 10, he has power to forgive sins. Mark says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. It is only Jesus Christ who has power to forgive your sins and my sins. No one else. Not the Pope. Not the Bishop. Not the Father. Not the Prophet. Not the Bishop or however they call it. It is only Jesus Christ alone who has that power to forgive your sins and my sins. That is who Jesus Christ is. No one else. The third thing about Jesus Christ, as the Bible says, in Revelation chapter 7, verse 10, Jesus belongs to, salvation belongs to Jesus. This is what he says. And crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who is sit on the throne and to the Lamb. Salvation belongs only to Jesus and no one else. He's the only one who can give salvation. No one else. That is a Jesus that I know. That is the Jesus that the Bible tells me and the Jesus that I believe in. Do you know him? Is that the Jesus Christ that you know? And lastly, Jesus Christ is our advocate. If you look at 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, Jesus says, My little children, I am writing this to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. My goodness. That if anyone does say you have the advocate, that is Jesus Christ, the righteous. What that means is, anytime you realize that you make a mistake, just run, go, and just rush to Jesus Christ and just cry out with him and say, I have made that mistake. I have, I have, I have, just, I have fallen. Please forgive me. That is what that means. He is the, our advocate to advocate in front of God the Father on, for our behalf. That is why he came and that is why he died. And that is the Jesus that I know. He died on the cross, took away all my sins, past, present, and future. He cleansed me all from all the dirt and rottenness and all the evil that was upon in me. He died his blood. He cleansed me all. You know what? So that when God sees me, God does not see me like this dirty, rotten person standing. He sees me through the works of the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees me through the spirit, his spirit that is inside of me. That is why I can, I'm able to communicate with him through his spirit that is in me, which is greater than that is, which is in the world. Do you know this Jesus Christ? He's so good. He's so kind. He's so loving. I mean, the list is long. He's our deliverer, our provider. He's the bread of life. He's the a, he's a prince of peace. He's so good. Do you know him? Folks, listen, church is not just to come and, and sit and hang out. Christians, when we come to church, we, miss, we mean business. To have a time with our God. A time of fellowship with our God. I want to give this opportunity. If there is any person here... Maybe your own interpretation and definition of Jesus Christ, of knowing who Jesus Christ was or is, was different. I want to give you this opportunity. I want to introduce you into the arms of Jesus tonight. Amen? I really do. I really want to introduce somebody to this Jesus Christ, if there is somebody who wants me to. So I want us to stand on our feet, please.
There is this song that I like so much. Oh, to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live I surrender all to Jesus I surrender all all to thee my blessed Savior I surrender all every head bow and every eyes closed do you know Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus to you? If you don't know him and you want to know him now, just raise up your hands, please. Anybody wants to know Jesus Christ? Want to introduce you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the ancients of this, the immortal and the invisible. Want to introduce you to him. Do you know him? Is there anybody here tonight who does not know Jesus Christ and you want to know him? It is free of charge. You don't have to pay no money. You don't have to go through some training. It's just free of charge. Do you want to know him? Because it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If anybody opens the door for me, if you make that decision right now, Jesus Christ is ready to come in and to have a fellowship with you. Is there anybody tonight? Anybody? Father, we want to thank you so much this evening. Thank you for the service that has started again this year. We entrust everything in your hands, asking that God you would direct us. Just pray that you bless this church. Um, God, may you just have your way. Take us back safely tonight, oh God, this night, and give us uh, a peaceful and safe night. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.